Welcome to They That Hope with Father Dave. Wait, now that's better. I'm louder. I'm sorry about Notre Dame. Let's just get right there. How, you know, we've had things that have happened that make it difficult to hope. And obviously, our hope is in the Lord and the Lord alone. I'm going to bring in some sad music right now for the background. Okay. Keep going. All right. That's not, that's it? Are you serious? That's all I got. I don't have a huge depth of things here. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's an understatement. <laughs> On my soundboard or in my life. That's, that's, um, so just for those that have no idea what we're talking about, uh, Notre Dame lost to Ohio. O-H. We do live in Ohio. Ohio State. Yep. Ohio State. And the I last play of the game. Yeah. Number, I think they were number six. Notre Dame was number nine. Huge. So, I was at the game. We had an alumni event, which was a lot of fun. Maybe seventy alumni. Wow, fun! So it was just, it was great. It's always, it's always great to see our alumni to hear their stories. Uh, particularly in Notre Dame, we've got quite a few students that are graduates that are in law school or in doctoral studies or yeah. something like that. So that's and we have exciting. a um, for many years. I think we still have this. We even have a partnership with Notre Dame regarding their engineering program. We do, but since we started our own, I don't think we're, we're, we're not we doing got that maybe so much. One person in there now. Okay, but it was cool. One of the guys I asked, I said like. Have you been, like, did you feel ready to come? You know, you had Notre Dame reputation. He goes, he goes, oh, Father Dave. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. Was, yeah, there was no doubt. So that was kind of cool. Um, but let's get into the really what really happens and what matters there. Uh, it was awful. Yeah, they lost. Last play of the game. Yes. Notre Dame was uh, behind. It was a close game. So they were behind. Uh, Notre Dame got ahead with maybe, I don't know, four or five, maybe six minutes left. Uh Three and out, get the ball back, but then they had to punt back. Ohio State got the ball back with maybe two minutes left, right. scored with one second left. Yes. So we lost. And and did you know why? Why did they did, score? Did oh, you? yeah, that, that they had 10 people on the yes, field. Yes, right. Yeah, so they I mean, yeah. there's normally 11 people on a football field. And I, I, I guess for two the last two okay, plays. can we just keep moving? It's just worth saying talk about. that Notre Dame really screwed it up because they should have had another defender on the field. Right, and then when exactly, you saw the final play where the guy exactly, yeah. ran into the end zone untouched, that's, it's well, one of those that's things a, that's like, that's a stretch. there should have been a guy that would have blocked no, that, him. That's absolutely right. He goes to where there was a, the spot was, yeah, he did not go untouched, but that's another thing. Because there was a question of whether or not he actually crossed the goal line, which he did, because literally it was right <laughs> in front of me. They, they go they go, and they say, we're going to check the tape. It's like, I know. You don't have to check yeah, the you tape. Don't, I mean, this isn't two-hand touch. Yeah, you yeah, actually, so. so I guess he was touched, but not in a... It was awful. But Stopping okay, way. so um, let, let's just jump back real quickly to the night before. So I went up okay. to Cleveland, spent the night with my younger brother and his wife and kid. Nice. And we went to the uh, Guardians game, baseball game. <gasps> okay, Who'd which they was play? a phenomenal. They played Baltimore. Great game. Ninth inning. Is Cal Ripken still playing for the, uh, he's not, for the he's Orioles? He's not. No, he retired. So the streak about, is over. Yeah, it is. Okay. It is. It is. He retired maybe 20 years ago. But okay. Yeah, okay. You know, just, I forgot to mention that. Yeah. So my yeah, bad. we didn't keep that. Sorry for everybody. Yeah. Check that box off on the yeah, podcast yeah. stat. So the Indians, uh, they um, walk off bottom the of Guardians. the ninth. The Guardians walk off bottom, bottom of the ninth. So that was fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. And then I was thinking, what is worse? Okay, so Notre Dame loses last second. Broke my heart. I may never smile again. Wow. Yeah. 
Wow. Was, yeah, that was pretty serious. Yeah, he, he actually came in with a tear in his eye. And he I, shed a tear. I wiped it dry. Okay, and then <laughs> did, you, did you follow the Broncos yesterday? So, let's, <laughs> oh my so let's talk about this for a second. Russell Wilson had a pretty good game. He threw 300 yards, 309 yards, and a touchdown, and an interception. But... Uh, the, the Broncos scored 20 points. And these are all just things I'm giving to you as a Broncos but, fan. But when the other team scores 70 points, it's, hard it's to come really back hard to uh, do that. That is the worst. I think the record is 72 points Two, right, scored right. somewhere in the 1970s. The Dolphins, 1960s. Okay. Apparently the Dolphins could have scored a field goal at the end, but they went ahead and knelt down <laughs> to show they, some semblance of mercy. <laughs> 70 to 20. I look at the 70 score. 70 to 20. Look, how do you even, as a, as a team, like, how do you recover? Like, what is the vibe in the locker room after that? I don't know. I, mean, I don't like, know. I, the genius Peyton Manning, or Peyton Manning, uh, Sean Peyton. Sean Peyton. quite is. Yeah, dude, I think this is such just desserts. I mean, Sean Peyton, you might remember in this in middle of the, as the season was preparing, Sean Payton took over for another coach who ended up as the quarterback coach for the Jets, who aren't doing so well, but at least they've got a good reason. And uh, Peyton said something along the lines Sean, of any idiot, yeah. Sean Payton yeah, yeah, said right. any idiot could have won with this team, which was like the biggest shade to the previous coach in the history yeah, of NFL. I mean, yeah. And uh, you just lost 70 by 50 points, bro. Yeah. Is that right? Is my math correct? Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It is. That's not the largest vic- margin of victory. But Doesn't matter. Only, they've only scored 30 or 70 points like three times in the entire NFL history. Last yeah. it was in the 60s. Dude. Like, it reminds me of some of the early quotes from the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers uh, began their record uh, 20, oh, and 26. Okay, here's a controversial and, uh, question. And wait a second, let me okay. just say the quote, though. So Jim McKay, who was oh, the yeah, coach, yeah, I know what this is. somebody said, what did you think of the execution of your team today after losing by a huge margin? And he just said, I'm in favor of it. Yeah, yeah. I think those are the kinds of lines that Peyton should have been drawing from. It was something else. Um, okay, so the last time a team scored this over 70 points, it was either A, the Redskins, or the Commanders. What do you call them? Um, so I, the Washington, the, the Washington football team. It was the Redskins the at the time. It was the Redskins <laughs> at the time. But can you say that? I read an article and it said the commander. It's like ah, uh, I don't know. Oh, they're even like retrofitting. Yes, yes, yes. That. Yeah, yeah. They're so anyway. they're talking about renaming the team again. I actually are, did enjoy I like the, the Washington. Washington yeah, team. we're so the the official. Uh, line of they that hope is we prefer the Washington football team. Okay. Um, did the Buccos play or did they They're playing bite? tonight. They play tonight. The okay. uh, Saints, who of course are their big rivals in the division, lost to Green Bay. Yes, they did. Good game. Um, Good fourth quarter for. Yeah, Green I feel Bay. bad for Derek Carr, who was the quarterback of the Saints. Never like to see anybody go out with an injury. Oh. He says some shoulder issues, but the, the uh, Saints were up 17 nothing. Carr goes out with an injury. Green Bay wins 18 to 17. They come back and and do that. Um, We haven't mentioned the Solheim Cup. No, we haven't. We haven't. Would you like to? I just did. Okay, there we've mentioned it. Um, But nobody knows what it is. Female. It's female. It's it's the LPGA. Is it like the Ryder Cup for women? It is. And um, they tied Europe. Oh. But I guess in the rules is if it's a tie. The vice president breaks it. Uh, exactly. Camilla Harris yeah, came in yeah, yeah. and kept it with Europe. I guess if it's a tie, it goes to whoever won it before, which is a horrible rule. Yeah. And uh, so Europe still has it. Um, baseball. Do you well, want to well, talk let, baseball? Let's real quick. Okay. Uh, Colorado Buffaloes, your prime time. Oh, prime. Coach Prime. Yeah. 
Yeah, that didn't go so well for you. got smoked. <laughs> like 42. Weren't we waiting for that, though? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, absolutely. like they're actually not a good team. No. And what he's done is that kind of stunning even to win. Nobody thought they were going to win everything. But No, of course not. Who did they play? The Oregon. Oregon. They played like a seriously yeah, and I think good they, team. Yeah, and I think they play USC next weekend. So okay. smoke number two. <laughs> yeah, so prime but time is You never well know. Done. But hey, it was fun. He I, While it lasted. It was fun while it lasted. And maybe it'll even come back. Yeah, baseball real quick. We're getting uh, We're moving towards the playoffs. Uh, Yankees are out. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> as out yes, as out yes, can yeah, be. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. And so are the Red Sox. Let's see. The official, I think, well, we don't want the Phillies. Um, okay. And it looks like they'll probably get a wild card. We do not want Atlanta. I know who I want. Who's that, Milwaukee? The Atlanta Braves. Why? Because I like Alicia Boyle. She's my friend. Well, I like Alicia very much, too. And but... can we talk about Acuna? Acuna Matata. Yeah, go ahead. Do you know about Acuna? Am I saying his name wrong? Am I going to get another email Probably. from somebody being like, bro, you can't even say anybody's name. So um, Acuna, um, he's on the, he's, he just scored 40 home runs. Mm-hmm. He has stealed he scored, 68. He scored 40 home runs. Didn't he? Yeah, that's fine. He hit 40 home runs? Much better. <laughs> he, um, he's stealed, stolen Stole, 60, 68 bases. All right. He could be the first person to ever do 40-70. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, he's the leading choice for the MVP. How mm. am I informing you of this? Well, the th- You seem like you're not into this storyline. I am. I, I am. actually research baseball to try to have something to talk to you about. Well, we, we do, we do. <laughs> I am into this, although I, I would not say he's the number one person for the MVP. Well, who would you say is Your the Your buddy one from the Angels. No, definitely not. We'll see. I don't think so. We'll see. O'Shaughney, yeah, the, yeah, my yeah. favorite Irish, Irish your pitcher Irish, hitter. Your, your I mean, he, Irish he is he pitcher. is he is injured. I know he's also he, they also closed him down. Yeah, That's, uh, it's funny. I was listening to the podcast yesterday driving home, and that was the big debate on whether yeah. or not he would get the MVP, even though he was injured. But they he, he was injured, but still I, will. And sometimes um, you also have to give a little bit of a nod to a team that's crushing it, don't yeah, you think? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, being an being an awesome player on a yeah. not even playoff team is different than being the best player on one of the best teams. Amen. I mean, isn't aren't the Braves yeah, yeah, destroying yeah, it yeah, right yeah, now? Yeah, they are. And that's where we don't like the Braves. Okay, why don't we like the Braves? Because they're the National League East and the Nationals. Oh. They're in the same con- in the same oh. And yeah. we've, they've always been, ah, the nemesis. All right. It's interesting. I have a different vibe like with football. Like I... Like when the Bucks, you like the people in your conference. I, I do. We're a very oh. friendly group. Well, here's the thing. So, the New Orleans Saints are right now probably our biggest rivals, and I want to beat them all the time. And yet, if they win the South, then I root for the Saints because okay. then I can say I to myself, at least we be we got lost. To the at least we lost yeah. to like one of the better things. No, so maybe that. the reason the Nationals aren't awesome is because the Braves are just awesomer. No. The Braves are a really good team. They are really good. Yeah, team. yeah, they're a really good team. Although I think I really like the story of Baltimore. Uh, anyone who like nobody expected them to do well, so that's a great story. Milwaukee's done really well. Texas, yeah, it should be fun. Playoffs All right, are coming up. Well, and that's our sports. So we were talking on the way in. Are we doing a, an announcement? Yeah, I thought so. Great. Here you go, folks. Enjoy. You'll like this one. I don't even know what it is. I know. It's exciting. Homecoming? Are you or any young men you know discerning the priesthood? Um, I'm not. Yeah. Well, be sure to check out his... So now you're really hitting the fast... Like we just... 
this is such a limited margin of people listening that are like I don't know if this podcast I don't know if this promo is for me or not well you got it right first (laughs) yeah Uh, the Priestly Discernment Program allows Franciscan University students to discern a religious vocation within a community of other young men the students live together pray together and receive formation that helps them grow in holiness while discerning God's call for their lives also for those of you in the local area the Priestly Discernment Program is hosting their annual vocations fair. Well, that's exciting. On Friday, October 13th. <gasps> Friday the 13th. Dun, dun, dun. Wait, I got to have something there. There you go. That was nice. Well done. I don't know if that was worth it. It wasn't. At that fair, from ni- uh, Friday, October 13th, from 9 a.m. until 4 p.m. in Finnegan Fieldhouse. At the fair, you can chat with diocesan priests, religious sisters, and vocation directors to learn more about priesthood and religious life. And I assume that also goes to women, even mm-hmm. though the beginning of this was directed towards right, young men. Right, right. But uh, the event is free and open to the public. If you want to learn more about our priestly discernment program, visit franciscan.edu slash PDP. That's franciscan.edu slash PDP. PDP. Well, I didn't, we didn't talk about my Yeah, that's okay. Um, you know, for those of you who watch this, uh, we've, we've made done our best to not be able to show Bob's legs and his tennis shoes. Why that's do you have? A, why that's you have, a true statement. Why do you have pink tennis shoes? Well, all right. So here's here's the thing. You Although can I see like it A6. Online. A6 is that's the brand to go. So with. Um, for those of you who are runners out there, you understand yeah, this. Yeah, yes, we um, do. Yeah, right. Like, what do you just wear? Like Birkenstocks. Birkenstocks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Baseball and Birkenstocks. Um, so when I started running, gosh. I guess it's been about 20 years now that I've been like active. I started when I was 30. So, yeah. uh, and I did it because I wanted to have something to do with my sister. My sister at the time was running marathons and I thought this would be a good bonding yeah, exercise. Some people can learn how to play a card game, <laughs> we, but no. We didn't have a lot in common. No, I was stretching. Uh-huh. I was stretching. So um, anyway, I ran a marathon with my sister, which was awesome, the Chicago Marathon. And uh, after that, I was like, that was really too long. So then I did half marathons. And now I kind of do shorter runs, um, but I love to run. I actually really enjoy it. So one of the, the shoes are a big deal in running and it's not even like a fashion thing. It's just, you find the sure, shoe that works sure. for you and then you always wear that shoe. Like I was told, like, as I started pick to look shoe. for shoes, you pick a shoe, your feet conform to it. The, when they make running shoes, they know exactly this is the exact kind so of don't feel. mess with it and you don't they never change the shoe and you never change your shoe you change like, color and stuff but, right okay. yeah there was actually one time nike i think it was their pegasus model they like changed their model one year and like the running community went nuts as well they as should. well they should right it's all about the feet so um i wear asics gel nimbus and uh for whatever reason they're just hard to find i've been mm. to a few stores and I walk in, and I mean, I could order them online because for crying out loud, it's the exact same shoe, but I just was in a running store. And so I was in Florida, when I was in Florida the other week, there was a running store that I really liked to go to. And I said, do you have any Asics, Jill Nimbus, whatever the latest size. one is, is fine. Yeah, here's, here's yep. my size. Um, and he said, what color? And I said, it doesn't matter. Big mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Big mistake. So uh, he, he he said, okay. And he came out with the shoes. And actually, he's like, are you sure it doesn't matter? And I was with my son, and I was just kind of feeling a little bit of a bravado. I'm like, no, I'm not even going to look at it. 
That's fantastic. <laughs> so I come home and I open up the box and they are bright pink with blue stripes. My son, my 10-year-old son loves them because he says, it's cotton candy shoes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but to be honest, like you only get a few choices of the look anyway. And it really isn't, it has nothing to do with, how does that shoe look? It's just... Oh, there's my shoe. Although, the truth be told, rarely would you look at an individual and say, oh, those are interesting shoes. True. And with these, you do. <laughs> they stand do. out. I thought, I actually forgot, I, I'm going for a run right after this podcast. So you when you walked in. you dropped me off at the car rental place. After and, and I dropped you off. back at, to the university. Yes, yep, I can't wait yep, for that. Yep. That'll be really, really fun. Yep, yep. Um, but when you walked in the studio and you went, what's with your shoes? I had to be like, what are you talking about? And it's like, oh, right. They're the bright pink yeah, shoes. Yeah. I mean, stripes. literally you walk in and it's like, <laughs> wow. But our lives are different. And and so we were talking. Because you don't have shoes like this. Today, I do not. I do not. I do not, actually. But I love Asics. So yeah? when I do have tennis shoes, and I do have tennis shoes. Asics, so can we say Asics is the official brand of the, the They official, That Hope The podcast? official sponsor of They That Hope. Nice. Yep. Did they give you a discount because we maybe, mentioned that? I, well, not, not now. Yet. Not yet. <laughs> but maybe we one. can get design our own. Yeah, that's gel right. Yeah, with our faces on. Oh, that would be a gift. Yes, it would. Um, but so we were talking earlier that our lives are a little bit different. Slightly. And today is an example. I mean, not an example, but it's just something that I was thinking this morning that people don't know, not that they necessarily care, but... So the, I don't think anybody cares. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The fr- about your shoes or about anything we say. Yeah, no, I think okay, the whole, okay. maybe the whole thing. Uh, so today the friars celebrate what's called the Office of the Dead. And four times a year we pray for all those who have passed away, friends, benefactors, friars, family members. Four times a year, the same date every year? No, not necessarily. Although I think maybe now that I mentioned this, I think we might have talked about it at least once because it almost always falls on my birthday, February oh, 1st. So it's okay. like, happy birthday, let's pray for the dead. <laughs> so kind yeah. of Francis's reminder. But it's really a cool custom. And it's interesting because all Franciscans for a long time did that. And are and, all Franciscans doing it today? Well, no, I'm, I'm trying to it. figure this yeah, out. No, okay. most of the Franciscan communities have, have not done that or they've gone and they do it just one time a year. Lame. Yep. Lame. Lame. But we continue to, this, I, again, it's a really simple thing is that we we pray for the dead. And then when we offer the mass, we offer it for all of our friends, family members, benefactors of the community who passed away. Wait a away. second. I'm actually doing the homily it, it won't affect at your, noon it, today. We use the readings in the mass today. So it doesn't affect your, what, what you preach about at all. What it affects is for whom the mass is being offered. Okay. So obviously every priest, every time they celebrate mass, there's an, uh, they offer that mass for an individual or right. certain. So today it will be for that, for the office of the dead. In fact, every time, every time a priest celebrates mass, they, they sign a book that says that they did that. So sometimes the book is very vague. It's like for all people, all people in purgatory, some it could right. be for your dad. And I remember when your mm-hmm. father passed away, offered mass for your dad, um, my family. And then today it just says office of the dead and every friar, every TOR friar in the world will sign a little book today that said that they offered the mass for them. That's so beautiful. It's kind of a cool thing. I didn't realize, you said obviously, but it's not obvious. I don't think I realized until, um, my, my really diaconate formation and being like an acolyte and stuff, how significant offering a mass for somebody was. I always... As yeah, you know, it's a nice thing. Right, I right. hear it. They always mention and, oh, we pray for this person. I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, that that's great. But, you know, how seriously the priest takes that has, has been just very moving to me. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, all, like all the clergy I've been with are like, okay, wait, who is... Who are we praying for today? And yeah, I was like, just oh, like for... it's just one of the announcements. It, it feels like it's an announcement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, by yeah. the way, remember Charlie, he was a good dude. But no, like in the heart of the priest, you know, when they say, I offer this mass up, they're 
it's a, it's a beautiful and very sincere thing. And it just made me rethink, you know, just having masses for people right. and, and the way that is. Cause maybe I just, maybe other people are aware of that. I was just kind of oblivious until yeah. I started you, doing you, you liturgy kinda, all you, the you time. You knew it happened, but. Yeah, I was yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. yeah, that's nice. But it was like, and I, and we pray that, you know, every, the crops are nice and, sure, sure, and everyone sure. has a good day today. So sure. that's a real gift of that. And that is a beautiful thing. You know, we, um, uh, you, you know, that phrase, remember your death. Uh, is is actually the motto of the household I advise, uh, servants of the Savior, and it's uh, in Memento Mori, which is also at uh, Haunted Mansion at Disney World, by the way. Mm-hmm. But um, just the idea of thinking of death is can be a very happy thing when we think of what the Lord is calling us yeah. to, and can mm-hmm. kind of reset our brains in, from the insanity of this world. Yeah, yeah. no. The, the reading just last week, maybe it was last Thursday, said, "Remember your end." It was talking about the, mm. in in. It's not something that I focus on like all the time because I would just kind of want to live the way the Lord right. wants me to live. But it's important for us. Even like we talked a lot, Joe and I, when we were doing the Camino, uh, the, the tendency at the beginning is just to kind of start to think about the end. But then mm-hmm. you kind of miss what's going on here. So there's this idea in the sense that, okay, we know that there's an end, but that's not always the focus for us. So yeah, true. Even, even though Covey says that we should always have an, the end in mind. Yes. Okay, the other question we have— But that means you're not a highly successful person. Right, right. The other, the other thing we were talking about is our lives are different. And yes. you seem to be surprised that I do my own laundry. Does that surprise you? That shocked me. Why? I don't know. Well, who's going to do it? Don't you have people? Can, would you do my laundry? No. <laughs> then no. Don't you have like a housekeeper or no. something? You guys clean your own place? I mean, I, I, we clean my own. We have an individual who works for the university who cleans the friary like all the right. other buildings that we do. Okay, right, right, right. Well, I mean, well, you're making that sound like, oh, I mean, well, obviously we have somebody that cleans it like the rest of the buildings. Like, I don't have somebody that cleans my building at Who my house. Think, no, no, for the university, though. Right, well, I know. That's what I, this is why I'm space. thinking. Yeah, yeah. All the common space. They don't clean our rooms or anything like that. No. Oh, okay. You clean your own room? Yeah, yeah. Do you make your own bed? Yeah. I figured that, actually. And, really seriously. <laughs> one of the friars walks around and makes everybody's bed in the morning. Good morning. That's I'm right. here to make your bed. Well, maybe you just have like a, maybe yeah, you have yeah. a chart, you know, oh, like a rotating chart. Housekeeping. <laughs> housekeeping. Okay. You know what? I forgot to mention. We got to, do we have a lot of time? What's our time? We have so much time. Okay. So I went to, uh, on Thursday, this has been an eventful week for me. Nate Bergazzi, the comedian. You saw him. He was in Wheeling. Oh. He was so funny, but he tells this story about a wake-up call. Okay. He was he was with uh, the group of his uh, fellow comedians, and there was one guy who was like in his early 20s, and they were talking about a wake-up call in a hotel. We all know what that is, right? Yeah. This kid had never heard about a wake-up call because everybody uses their phone now, right? Yeah, I guess. So he tried it. He goes, well, I'm going to call it. He goes, well, they're not going to know what to do. So he calls down there, and the guy who's at the desk is a 21-year-old dude, and he does it, and he goes, I want a w- wake-up call. He goes, like, what do you mean a wake-up call? Well, apparently <laughs> you're supposed to call me in the morning and wake me up. He goes, all right, I'll put it on the desk. So he, 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 he tells the story so great. He goes, so the next morning, the, the one thing the person who receives the wake-up call, what do they have to do? Answer the phone. Well, the phone's ringing, and he didn't know what to do, and he just like, what is, so he ignored it. So the person who did the wake-up call is like, well, my sole job is to wake this person up. So literally goes up to his room, knocks on the door, opens up the room, and shakes the bed and says, you need to wake up. Okay. That's fantastic. He swears that it's a true story, but it's yeah. really, really funny. Yeah. So nobody does that for my life. No, nobody does that for your Who life. Who does your laundry? But don't you have... House? My wife does. She's awesome. Yours too? She does everybody's. Do you know how to do your laundry? Yes. I've had to do laundry well, that's sometimes. Right, that's right. That's I've right. had to do laundry sometimes, but okay. I just and don't you, and like to do it. you lived by yourself for a while before you're married and yeah, stuff. Yeah, okay. I did. Yeah, I did. So, um, wait, wait, don't you have like a, uh, like a 
a chef and stuff. Well, we have yeah, we have a cook who cooks for us four okay. days four days a week. Okay, so, so so all right. No, that's good. I, this is what I expected, though. I don't think this is a bad thing. Oh no, no, yeah. It's a, it's a friary. It's a group of guys. I imagine you'd. Ha- I I just assumed you'd have somebody that would clean the friary, and that might include your laundry, but I guess not. It that's great. Not. That would cook food. Yes, because you've all got you've all got stuff to, to do. Right, 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 right. right, right. right. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, the in, uh, guy who used to, actually I think he used to work for the university, he comes in four days a week and cooks for us, and okay. then the other days we'll just kind of cook for ourselves or eat leftovers right. and that kind of thing, yeah. and then, yeah, and I clean my own room, and you asked and about you do your own laundry. Your, now, yeah. by the way, your laundry is like- It's not too like complicated. Two outfits? Yeah, it's not too good. <laughs> no, it's about, and obviously I wear t-shirts under this, so ever, it's, it's uh, not too complicated. Yeah, I was going to say, and anybody accidentally put some bleach in there or something like that? Nope. Yeah. Nope. Somebody asked me if I if I you don't I even iron, have to separate if, if, if your I colors. Iron, I don't. I just throw everything <laughs> together. So I do my own laundry. But somebody asked me if um if I ever uh, iron my habit. Hmm. <laughs> I can't imagine. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I can't I imagine. Honestly, Though I just noticed, is your habit pleated? It is. It is. Are most habits pleated, or is that just? Um, some habits have less. I mean, the two of ours habits have several pleats. Um, some, yeah, some. Religious communities have less pleats, more pleats. Yeah. Is that Some like a, a sign of holiness it or is, something? The more is. pleats, the it better. Is. They're it like is. the tassels. I think the first, when I first got my habit, I ironed it like once maybe. And I said to myself, self, I'm never doing that No again. need. Yeah. But I mean, that's a really, that looks like a real nice polyester yeah, vibe. It yeah, doesn't, yeah, doesn't welcome, wrinkle. You're welcome to wear it sometime. Yeah. Is it wicking? Uh, Could it you is, run in it's it? Dry, it's dry. It's uh, dry fit. Nice. <laughs> dry fit. Yeah. Okay. Well. So, yeah, to go back to the beginning of the question of the segment, no, nobody actually cares. All right. There you go. Well, there you go, folks. <laughs> what is that? I don't know. I just felt like we needed some way to get out of the segment so we could move to okay. the next part. Okay, but now people are going to be freaked out because their mind is always, okay, now section two, but it's going to be our third part where we're going to talk a little bit more about the Synod. Yes. Here's the thing. Ooh. So the Synod starts next week. So when most people listen to this, which is, I'm sure, Wednesday, people are just sitting on the edge of their computer waiting for that's this right. to drop. That's right, 6 a.m. Yeah, that's right, they're, baby. They're, Go. they're, they're no, refreshing no, the no, DeaconBobRice.com no, no. page. No, they, they think getting tickets from Taylor Swift was difficult. <laughs> that's there right. We go. Um. But so the synod starts a week from Wednesday, mm-hmm. and I will actually I leave for Rome tomorrow because I'm not going to the synod. Oh come on! I'm not. What are the chances that I'll go to anything from the synod? I I know that you have to be coy, but we all know. Do we? Where you're in the synod? All right. I, you told everybody. No, I'm actually going for. I'm going to go to visit Rome because it's a beautiful, eternal city. Seriously? You're yeah. just going to Rome for the heck of it? That And the synod just happens to be kicking off? And? Oh, okay. And the Ryder Cup is next weekend. <laughs> so we have... We so have, isn't it good that I mentioned the Sondheim Cup? Yeah, it is. It is. Well, when you said that. So we have... Uh, it's, it's, it should be fun. There's uh, a group of friends at the university who really, really enjoy golf. And this has been planned for years. I thought because, it was in... Ireland or something. Nope, nope. Hey, does it move around it the does, Ryder Cup? It does, it does. Why don't you Actually, explain, maybe we should explain the Ryder Cup for those that might not know what the Ryder, Ryder Cup, Cup is. is. It's a one, golf thing. It's a golf thing. And it's one of the few things that's team golf. So it's basically the United States against Europe. Okay. So you've got a team of 12 players on each one. So they, uh, that 
Who are the kind of Who are it. the cool kids? There's the the big the names. Ones. Yeah, Rory McIlroy. I mean, there's is Rory. Phil, is Phil Mickelson? Phil is not part of it. Phil is not exactly welcome in the <laughs> golf world right now. Right. So, I mean, yeah, Ricky Fowler, Jordan Spieth. Uh, uh, yeah, and for Europe, it's going to be Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, all those guys. So it, it'll okay. be it's it's actually a really really fun event. Well, will there be like an invasion of Saudi golfers? Um, well, that was the big question. Would any of the Saudi golfers make the team? And one of them did. Okay. Yeah, yeah. so Brooks kept it. But years ago, it was, it was in Rome, and I was with some friends in the university, and they said, well, we should do that. So we'll go in, we'll have about two days of just touring Rome, which is always great. Always awesome. And then uh, watch some golf over the weekends, and then be back. So it's really funny, because I leave <laughs> the day before the synod starts. So it, it'd be interesting just to see what kind of Vibe, you know, vibe yeah. and, and, and chatter and stuff. There are you going to go to? I mean, don't they have like a big opening? And I don't know if that's public. Yeah, or not. The, I think I it's on the fourth, though, right? Is there is there something going on on the fourth? Are you going to be in a seat? That's the feast no, of Saint back. Francis. I come back on the first. I'm oh. literally, I'm, oh, okay. I, yeah, I'm literally only there for five days. So oh, okay, I, yeah, I'll come back on the first. No, so I think oh. if you're back on the first, then it's. I, I believe it starts on the fourth. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so I'm not. We're not sure exactly how we're going to record next week because Monday's a travel day. Sunday's just not going to. So we don't know if or or how we're going to do that. So this might be our last conversation about. The synod, the synod before the synod happens. Yeah. So can can we just jump back? Real Why don't we just call it right now? We 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 won't have an episode next week. Okay. I mean, okay. or if we do, maybe I'll do something silly. But like okay. in terms of us talking, just because you're right, and I'm looking at the schedule, it's just not. Okay. It's cool. just not going to work out. Cool. So we we've obviously talked about the the, and we're going to talk. The last thing about is today's participation. 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 Yeah. We've been ta- we've been going over these three elements that the synod is focusing on: uh, communion, mission. Was it communion? Yeah. Right? Communion, community, mission, and not participation. So if you yeah. uh, just pick this one up and you want to know more about the other ones in our previous two episodes, we, we've been yeah. having an ongoing conversation about this. Yeah. Real quick, so before we do the last one, one of the things that the Holy Father has mentioned, and we'll just put this out there, it's, I guess, probably a good idea just for thought about it. Um, and, and he talked about some risks that go into the Synod. And a couple of things very quickly. One is um, this idea of formalism, that, that we're not actually... Um, we're not actually going to do anything. We're going to get together. We're going to have all these talks. We're going to have all these papers. We've done all this work. And nothing is actually. It's just kind of these meetings. Yeah. And and he's he's actually said it's kind of silly. It seems like we're having meetings about meetings because the synod is about synodality. But right. But he said that that's a danger is that people will walk into it a little cynical. So yeah, that's one of the things we need to pray against. The other is is he talked about a, a type of intellectualism that makes it just. This is just theology. It's just church stuff, and it doesn't actually impact the life of the church, or it doesn't impact mm. the individual. So he said that it's important that, that we do that. And then he also challenged those who are going to be participating in the synod to um, do their best to to kind of get out of their ideology. Every every the reality is everybody has we opinions, ideologies, right? right? So everybody does, and and sometimes. Yeah, if it's our own, it's it's strong held belief. It's the other person; they're idiots, right? So he said that we need to try to do our best to actually work together and listen to each other and see one another, and try to be where the people of God is, because at times, as we all know, um, particularly bishops, cardinals, you know, right? Their their connection with just people, uh, most of the people in the church are not is not always strong. And then the last thing he talked about is complacency. Uh, and kind of this defeatist attitude, it's like, oh, what's really going to come about from this? Kind of similar to the the formulation that he talked about at the beginning. So uh, in, in the idea of old wine and new wineskin, what does this look like? What does it look like for the church to actually really 
wrestle with some of these questions and, and difficulties that we find ourselves in. So those were some risks that he talked about going into it. And the tangible goal, it seems to be, good, probably good putting it out there, like what's the problem it's trying to solve? And I think obviously there's a lot of division within the life of the mm-hmm. church. And you, you even alluded to this with, um, you know, often a feeling of disconnect of mm-hmm. the bishops with the people of God, um, the way the church the operates. Bishops within bishops. Bishops within yeah. bishops, the bishops with the Vatican, all of these things that um, there really is kind of a tension point. And I think there are some, you know, this you're talking about our own ideology and probably an American ideology is, well, let's just get like the president in and the president, you know, it, it's similar in like our political system that, well, do you, do you like the idea of, of governors really leading their states or is it just all going to be the federal government? Right, 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 right. And in some ways, if you can get the right guy, quote unquote, whoever you think the right guy is in the presidency, then you want to give the president as much power as, as possible. Much power right, as possible. Right. And when you look at the history of the church, particularly in the 20th century, um, you look at guys like, you know, Pius the Ninth, Pius the Tenth, the Eleventh, Twelfth, right? right? That was a very strong, the Pope's in charge and everybody else toes the line. One of the ideas of the Second Vatican Council, particularly in Lumen Gentium, is to say that, you know, that really God is the one who's calling the bishops forth and having this bigger idea of what does it mean to be a people of God. And Paul VI, John Paul II, Benedict, and as well as Francis, now Francis, I'd say more than the others, have tried to de, what's the word, not make it all about the Pope. Like, yeah, I don't know, decentralize. Yeah, de- decentralize, maybe that's kind of a political phrase yeah, right, of right. it. Um, and then, but just try to figure out how, how do people work together better? And so I think the tangible hope might be that coming out of this, there would be some kind of understanding of the way the church can work better to be more collegial with each other and be more connected to the life of the faithful. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I mean, yeah, again, I think to, to speak about it within the three, the three areas that we've talked about, communion, mission, and, and, um, participation, which is what we're talking about today. Excuse me. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I think exactly those would be to to look at what you're saying through those three lenses. The the thing that that Francis has just stressed time and time and time again, and and if you pay attention to his pontificate, it is it's the the priest needs to smell like his sheep. It's mm-hmm. it's the marginalized. It's the individual whose voice isn't heard. This is obviously, and, and it makes sense given that he's you know pope from Argentina. Argentina that. Yeah. The church is profoundly different there than it was in the wet in the in the Europe, and so he's going to have a different view of this. Um, so that's going to be one of the things to him is to make sure that um, people, the voices, the marginalized are heard. Now the question is, and this is maybe a little bit more than we, we have time for, but what does it look like to be heard? You know, what is what does that look like? Somebody said, you know, the whole issue about everybody is welcome. Okay, that's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what does that mean? Or Everybody needs to be seen. Of course they do. Well, what does that mean? Everybody needs to be heard, of course. But so I, I had a situation one time with dealing with an individual, and they said to me, I just want you, it was real kind of this frustrating. They said, I just want you to hear me. And, and I said, I hear you. What you actually really want is me to do what you want. You know, so what does it look like to hear people, listen to people, and at times have to say, I hear you. I just don't agree with you. Right. And we're going to go this direction. And that's where I think some of the individuals say is that, you know, we need to listen to everybody, but it doesn't necessarily mean the church can do everything. I, I think sometimes 
organizations, groups, people are asking the church not to be the church, right? To do mm-hmm. something that's that's not consistent with who she is in the church. So it's it's uh, it's a tension that exists, and anyone who thinks about it seriously sees this tension, right? Mm-hmm. Between welcoming, you know, every Jesus says everybody's welcome, but he also says that if we're going to follow him, we we need to live in a certain manner, and that that tension is difficult. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And one of the things that Holy Father's done is he's invited people on both sides of that tension, and that bothers some people. So yeah. it'll be interesting. But he's not trying to avoid the the difficulty of the yeah, conversation. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, in fact, some people would say that that was a critique against previous popes is that they wouldn't wrestle with some of these difficult questions. Yeah. I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's an, a fair assertion. Like I think John Paul wrestled with some of these issues very, very clearly. But yeah. some people would say that. He, well, and again. They don't think he wrestled with it because he didn't make a choice and decision that they wanted. So, right. So, yeah. yeah, that can happen. I think sometimes it's just a reflection also of, of how we understand God. You know, I, um, I remember hearing a really good talk once about are we Catholic by coincidence or by conversion? Mm-hmm. You know, like you can, you can say, um, you know, the Catholic Church says that God loves you. Oh, what a coincidence. I think God loves me. That's awesome. The Catholic Church says, oh, what a coincidence. And so we can kind of go yeah. along the line of, there's a lot of things in the Catholic Church that we already agree with, and so we're in. But then when the faith tells us to do something hard or difficult, we have to go, ooh, wait, oh, I don't know if I like yeah, that. Yeah, you know? exactly. And exactly. then you could say er- erroneously, well, that's not Catholic because I don't agree with that. Right, and when right, we right. shape God in well, our own right, image, exactly. You're absolutely right, that Bob. becomes the real challenge. And and we all need to continually be, you know, read the gospel with fresh eyes, you know, allow the radicalness of the gospel to hurt us a little bit at times you know when it says like love your enemies it's like really like my enemies enemies you know like not just the russians but like the guy at work i don't like and that's the critique that some people would make is you know let's take you know issues on sexuality it's like why is the church so always focusing on that but they're not talking about love your enemies or forgive yeah and and i would say that the church does speak to that and, and should speak to both of those but one does not dismiss the other right you know so it's like let's not talk about this let's talk about that well we need to do be able to do both end, and that's really important. And that's and that's really, I think, what the synod, please, Lord, does is that mm. it'll have these really difficult questions. There'll be good debate, discussion, discernment, uh, and then trust that the Lord will, yeah, the Lord will. And, and we, we we need to look at it with a big picture, right? Yeah. That sometimes we see just the last five years or ten years, and the church is much bigger than that. So the third point here is participation, governance, and authority. And I'm reading uh, some lines from what's called the Instrumum Laboris, uh, which is the working document that all of the bishops are looking at and acting about. And the question is, how can we renew, this is an interesting phrase, the service of authority and the exercise of responsibility in a missionary synodal church? That's a very packed line, you know, but like, but just those phrases, like, first of all, that our authority is a service. So our whole, the whole reason that the church, the whole reason the church is given authority is to more effectively serve um, an exercise of responsibility, you know, which is, well, where, where are the parameters? What are we supposed to be doing? And then constantly this theme is that the church is missionary and synodal, which is, what does that mean? Um, the other language that the Pope uses a lot, which I really like, is a church goes forth. Mm-hmm. He's trying to reshape the idea when we say we're missionary. At least my idea is an individual gets on a plane and goes to a foreign country by themselves and learns the language. And you know, and the, the Pope has always been about, no, 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 the church 
the church journeys together. Like it's not just some people are missionary and they go out right. and the church is like back there. That the whole church is going the church is on the journey. Right. And that's actually the word synod comes from synodia, which is the 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 journey to like, you know, all the people would journey to Jerusalem and right, you know, those, those yeah, things. Yeah, and I think that that's good because the reality is, is for a vast majority of people, they hear the gospel that says, um, open the doors, let the people come. But Jesus says, go. And that's really, and right. that's really what, what Pope Francis is, is challenging, not, not just individuals, but the church to go out to proclaim the gospel to all the peoples. And yeah, the question is, well, okay, well, what does that look like? And this last section is, what does it look like the, the, to do that with authority, with um, a hierarchical church and that needs to be connected to the people? That The challenge is, is that the, the clergy, the bishops, cardinals, they are, they are not so separated from the church, but they're there to serve the community. You know, it's not Lord, it does not lord it over them, but right. it comes to serve. So, yeah, and, and it'll be interesting just about, how the relationship, because there are people in the Synod who are not bishops, who are not priests. Right. You know, uh, and, you know, I think, is it 38 women? I don't know. 45 women. Okay. Um, so, it, yeah, it'll be a great, it'll be a great dialogue. Well, that's also another question that, you know, is part of this instrum laboris uh, under this section. How can we develop discernment practices and decision-making processes in an authentically synodal manner that respects the protagonism of the spirit? And, and part of that question is, is is trying to say, well, how might we listen to all the people of God when making decisions for the people of God? Mm-hmm. You know, there has been at least an uh, image, a stereotype, but also a reality at times that uh, somebody, because they're in a leadership position such as a bishop, might be making significant decisions, um, but not getting not really consulting with the very people or getting to know the very people that those decisions are made from. And those are often decisions, you know, sometimes we can do that in terms of a theological statement, right? You know, like, well, we know what God has revealed and we know what the truth is, but then it can really rub in the wrong way against the pastoral reality of the group of people that were doing that. Again, we've mentioned this a few times, but I'm just still so impressed with the Amazonian synod that, that there's a synod on how to reach the Amazonian people who are such a small group of people. I mean, you talk about the extreme margins, but part of it was we've not heard what they need <laughs> and how do we have that conversation? So that's going to be part of the challenge. And I think we do this better. Well, I don't know better is maybe not the right word, but in the United States, one of the, I'd say one of the gifts of the United States is we have very strong lay ecclesial leadership. And many of our students actually end up in mm-hmm. those positions. Mm-hmm. You know, when I travel to Europe or to other places, oftentimes the parish is just the the priests and maybe a part-time secretary. And they're amazed that we would have a director of religious education and a youth minister and, you know, all these other things, which aren't certainly at every parish, but um, we, ha- we have a lot more lay involvement, I would say, in the yeah. life of our church than maybe other places. You, you go other places. No, no, so no, no. That's, that's, that's accurate. That's accurate. And, and I think that's a, f- I think that's a positive fruit and the kind of thing that maybe the church is looking at and saying, how do we do that? Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely right. That it's the church is not merely the bishops or the priests, but the church is everybody's. So yeah, amen. Well, we'll we'll continue obviously to keep an eye. We we're not going to talk next week, right? So 
we just uh, will follow up uh, in the synod. Actually, next time we get together, the synod will be will be in the middle of it. It's about a three week uh, gathering, so we'll just continue to pray and ask the Lord to pour out His grace, His blessing, His peace on those who are participating in the synod. And I would just say one more thing: as you're following the synod, just remember that the conversations that occur in a synod are not what end up being the result of it. And right. this is... And, and what the media reports. Right, and so. what the media reports. Like I remember, well, for all the synods, I was pretty attuned to the synod on youth. And of course, anytime any young person stood up and said something about homosexuality or transgenderism, that became the headline, which none of it ended up being part of the, mm-hmm. the final document. So again, just uh, maybe try to dive a little deeper. There's a whole website, synod.va. The Vatican put up a website that you can kind of keep tabs on what's going on. It's always better to hear it straight from the source. Uh, And again, just pray for the church in this time as we're entering into a synod that the Holy Spirit would show us a better way to be church with each other. Amen. We just ask the Lord's blessing upon the synod, upon all those who are participating. Uh, Lord, you bring your peace and your Holy Spirit. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks, Amen. Bob. Amen. Thank you, Father Dave. And thank you, everybody, for listening and your emails. We're praying for you. Uh, if you'd like, you can shoot us an email at hope at franciscan.edu. That's hope at franciscan.edu. God bless. Have fun in Rome. I will. Go Irish. Go Bucks. <laughs> <laughs>